So just yesterday we had two guests uh, at our house. There were two uh, young men, two athletic chaps, and it was very, it was fascinating to listen to them speaking about each other's ability or lack thereof on the soccer pitch. So um, uh, one said to the other, no, no, he said, no, you're, you're, you're quick, like you're quick, but your last minute decision making is atrocious. You know? And I just thought, wow, they must be good friends. If they can talk like that, they must be really good friends. But it, it did get me thinking about it today about our, our, our two saints, Peter and Paul, who uh, in many regards had so much going for them. I mean, in their various careers, they seem to be doing fairly well. Peter is a fisherman, uh, St. Paul is a, is a Pharisee, very well educated, very well able to speak, um, no, no problems in, 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 those, in their various fields at all. Were there personality limitations, char- like limitations of their character? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, I think, what makes these two saints very approachable. I mean, we could give a, a history lesson of, of each of them, but that's, you know, look that up if you need it. You'll find that on the internet. That's not what we're here for today. Um, this isn't a history lesson. This is to look at, I think what Father Today said at the beginning of Mass, to look at how God turns these two... Uh, successful men in their various fields into masterpieces of his mercy. I think that's a fantastic expression, actually. Masterpieces of his mercy. Because they were, as I say, in their respective fields, they were competent. In the eyes of of the law, in Jewish law, they would have been righteous, they would have been good. But something lacked. And... What I, what I find so wonderful about Scripture as regards these two saints, these two men, is that Scripture doesn't hide the fact that these two messed up. St. Peter on a regular basis. It seemed, he seemed to be quite good at it. Uh, he was very good at shooting his mouth off. And sometimes he got it right, and sometimes he got it atrociously wrong. Like in today's Gospel, who, does, who do you say that I am? Then Simon Peter spoke up. You are the Christ, he said, the son of the living God. This is like this statement. Again, we read these things and it sounds fairly normal to us. For, for, for Peter to come out and say, all of Jewish history, everything that we have been prepared for, the Messiah that we are awaiting for, all of this is fulfilled in you, a carpenter. No offense to you, but like, you're not, you know, you're not a king. You haven't come from uh, a very prominent royal lineage uh, in, in, in some kind of prominent way. All of this, though, is fulfilled. Like, it doesn't look like it on the outside, but all of this is fulfilled in you, Jesus. You are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. I mean, this, this, this was not visible to the naked eye. Like, this is, this is a, 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 an act of profound faith, and that's why Jesus responds. Simon, son of Jonah, you are happy. Because it was not flesh and blood. You didn't, you didn't just come up with this answer yourself. It wasn't flesh and blood that revealed this to you. But my Father in heaven, my Father has spoken to you and revealed this to you. And you heard it, and you understood, and you repeated it. I mean, there's an openness of, of spirit, an openness of heart in you, and that's how God can use you. And yet, like within a couple of sentences, then when Jesus goes on to describe how he must go to Jerusalem and how he must suffer and die. And Peter interjects immediately. He took him aside, took Jesus aside. Peter taking Jesus aside, I love that. Peter taking Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. And Jesus very quickly has to retort, get behind me, Satan, for the way that you think is man's 
and not God's. So, he gets it very right and gets it very wrong. And yet, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of the underworld will never hold out against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you consider bound in heaven will be considered bound on earth. Whatever you consider, sorry, whatever you consider bound, whatever you bind on earth will be considered bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be considered loose in heaven. Again, he, he has all of this, this uh, responsibility and yet he's not perfect. We think of, of St. Paul who, again, such a, I think both of these were, they seemed quite choleric, the two of them. Uh, St. Paul as well, just quite a fiery temper, I would imagine, uh, standing there as, as before his conversion, uh, the cloaks being laid at his feet as, as St. Stephen is stoned to death. And then Paul traveling around with letters for the imprisonment of Christians. Again, imprisonment didn't mean, you know, put you into a nice cell and we'll, we'll, we'll try you fairly and see how things go. These people were, were persecuted violently. And then when Peter, when St. Paul then, when after his conversion experience on the road to Damascus, the fire in his belly, as he says, like the love of Christ urges us on. The love of Christ urges us on. He had such a fire, such a zeal then to be the apostle to the Gentiles, apostle to the pagans. So to go not so much to the Jews, but to go to those who weren't Jews at all and bring them into Christianity. And he did so at the cost of his comfort, at the cost of any sort of career or monetary uh, repayment. He did so at the cost of the skin of his back as he was scourged three times and beaten with sticks and shipwrecked and all of these things. The love of Christ urged him on and he was just unstoppable. What an example. What an example of the mercy of God in him. A masterpiece of God's mercy. And the reason I think that's an important reflection today is it's always a danger to to put saints on pedestals in such a way that they're unreachable. I think I don't think wrong with putting putting saints on pedestals. We need examples, we need heroes. You we always every in every field you need heroes. If you're into computing, I mean I'm sure Bill Gates or or uh, Steve Jobs Jobs I'm sure people like that are, are are heroes. If you're into soccer, I'm sure you're an Aldous and so on and so forth. We all need heroes in our various fields. In the faith we also need heroes. That's why we've saints. We need people to look up to and say you know, they were married like me and they excelled and became great saints. They were priests like me and they became great saints. They were, so we need heroes. We need examples. And that's why I think Peter and Paul, it's, it's, it wouldn't be right just to think of them as people who just kind of sailed onto the top of these pedestals and there they are, fantastic, up in heaven, delighted for themselves. They were, were men who struggled with their own weaknesses and with their own uh, impetuousness and with, with their own probably choleric natures but God used it all. God used it all. And in their weakness, and I'm sure for St. Peter similarly, in, in seeing how weak he was at the time of the Lord's passion and death, seeing how he denied him three times, seeing how he left his friend when Jesus needed him. He left him. I'm pretty sure St. Peter never forgot that. And I'd say... 
in his heart was it were just etched uh, these words are, I will never leave you. I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. Again. I'd say he learned that lesson in a very, very painful and very, very profound way. And both of these pillars of the church gave their life for the Lord that they loved with all of their hearts. St. Peter being crucified upside down and St. Paul being beheaded both in Rome. Just, I, again, the, the, their road to sanctity, their road to the various pedestals they find themselves on wasn't straightforward. And it wasn't because they were just perfect. They weren't. But the Lord's mercy perfected them. The Lord's worse mercy worked in and through them. So St. Paul could become the author of 13 letters of the New Testament. And he probably wrote, well, he did write more that, that haven't survived. Uh, St. Peter then, his two letters, but like the, 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 the example of his papacy. From the beginning, like, you know, becoming a pope wasn't, a, wasn't considered a cushy number at all. Like for the first more than three centuries, becoming a pope meant that your life expectancy suddenly, drastically, was reduced. So the blood of martyrs became the seed of Christians. Both St. Peter and St. Paul shed their blood for the early church. And so today we thank the Lord for the gift of his work in them. And we thank the Lord for the gift of his work in us. That we, like them, might become masterpieces of the Lord's mercy. Amen.